All right. Hi, guys. Welcome to the lounge. It is just me, Ashley, your host, Ashley, in the lounge alone tonight, recording this very personal episode about uh, basically technology burnout, specifically to, I would say, text message and social media communication with friends and family. All right. So we're diving in. We're going to talk about stories and fun updates. So my story and fun update today, I, I guess I kind of have two. So number one, I was super lucky to be able to try martial arts for the first time with my personal trainer. I was not expecting that, but he whipped it out of nowhere and we did some defenses. So like punch defenses and re-gripping. I did some with like plastic knives and swords and that was very thrilling. I would say it's thrilling. I mean, it's totally unexpected. I did not expect to do any kind of self-defense in my personal training and he's just really passionate about it so yeah we gave it a go and it was really cool um he is incredible guys I'm gonna see if I can get a little clip of him doing this it is like it's a little cyclone like he's just he's whips his arms a bajillion miles a second he's so impressive um shout out to Rich um, always in awe of your strength and apparently your coordination now too, because that takes some serious coordination. Okay. Stories and fun updates. Number two, of course, is the ephemeral tattoo. We are going to be dropping that interview with the ephemeral CEO, Jeff Liu, probably in January. So stay tuned for that. Um, but I'm really excited. The tattoo is starting to heal but I will say that it is uh, a little sore. It was pretty good um, before, like right after I got it. I don't think um, there were really any major problems with it, but I guess I was probably wearing the patch over top, so I didn't really notice. Uh, I've taken the patch off. I took it off yesterday, and I realized that as it touches like my sweatshirt or anything like it's kind of sore like it's an open wound so yeah tattoo newbies still getting used to what it's really like to have a tattoo and it's very different for me but stay tuned I'm going to be taking pictures like roughly once a week and having a weekly update because I know that a lot of listeners and friends and family are very curious to know how it truly does fade on me um i think i'm gonna be the guinea pig for all you guys so happy to do that um i'll keep some um weekly photos of the fade on probably my personal instagram but maybe a you know a little check-in on the uh coconut grove as well so sunshine medicine i am back in the gym so I could not work out for a week because apparently, you know, excessive sweating can aggravate the open wound of the tattoo and it reduces, um, you know, effective healing. So did not do that. Just did a lot of long walks last week, which was really nice, especially when it was sunny. But I'm glad to be back at the gym. Um, I think if you are getting to know me through this podcast or you already know me really well, you'll just know that I've, I've got to kind of be doing my exercise to keep my crazy mind in check. So I'm glad to be doing that again. Um, what I'm looking forward to. So I'm really looking forward to 
the holiday parties. I love like getting into my cozy sweater and just like, you know, having an excuse to cook something delicious and bring it over and just like chill and eat and drink wine. And that's not like much different than any other kind of get together or party. But I think something about the holiday parties with like, you know, just like the spices, like with the mulled wine, like brewing on the stove and just the Christmas music and the cooler atmosphere outside, like super relaxing. Cannot wait for those. We've had a couple here in LA and I'm sure there's going to be a few when we get back home and I'm sure it's going to be colder outside. So I'm excited for that. What's hot this week, guys, is a little plug here. Uh, The Coconut Grove gift guide is definitely hot. That is posted. I've got most of the things in my Like It to Know It. I'm sure by the time this drops on the Thursday, we'll have it totally up and running. If you like anything in our gift guide, check the Like It to Know It. It's under my personal account. I have a couple things in there, but just check out the collection for the... um, CGP is though the Coconut Grove podcast uh, gift guide collection. If we could find a link, we've put it in there. So clicking on those links is really helpful. It gives us a commission that can, you know, help us upgrade and uh, improve the podcast, bring on bigger guests and share this with other people. So if you do uh, feel like you want to get something from there and you can use the commissionable link that would be awesome we do appreciate it of course no pressure um, check it out for inspiration if you're gonna get someone else a gift this christmas or this holiday season we'd love to inspire you for that All along a similar line as you guys know i am also a watercolor artist i have another um page which is the paper poppy and i released a pretty small just holiday gift guide as well for them for that for them that's me (laughs) for me for uh for creatives and if you're a sort of a hands-on maker you might find that really um interesting um it's a little bit more towards watercolor artists as well and a few commissionable links in there too but i hope that's helpful so yeah gift guides are totally hot right now and we have one for you and i have two for you so check them out Hey, happy holidays. What are you going to get for gifts this year? Oh gosh, such a good question. I actually have no idea. I'm stuck in a spiral of trying to decide what's a good gift, what's a bad gift, and what's just going to get thrown out in January. Do you have any ideas? I totally get that. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, Have you thought about puzzles? Uh, No, absolutely not. Puzzles give me old man vibes. No. Okay, not puzzle. A puzzle puzzle makes an ordinary night feel like a party. Their puzzles feature fun and eclectic designs like my favorite, Balls in Your Court, which show off disco balls because you know I love to dance. Wait, wait, that looks really cute and really fun. What other designs do they have? Okay, so I have picked out my second favorite, which I think is perfect for you. Sugar Daddy! Because, of course, Nestor is an amazing chef, and you guys love fine dining. I'm literally obsessed. Okay, uh, how much do they cost? Let's be real. We're in a recession. I know, I know. Actually, their small bundle set is pretty great. It's $52, but get this. We have partnered with Puzzle Puzzles, and we're giving away a gift set for the holidays and... 
one for the Coconut Grove anniversary. Oh my gosh. Okay, give me all the details, please. Okay, so for the main winner for the Coconut Grove anniversary, we're giving away the four-pack of the thousand-piece puzzles, which features our two favorites, and two other designs, which are Nectar of the Gods and Roll the Dice. Is there a runner-up? Yes, for the runner-up for the holidays, we're giving away their two 500-piece puzzles that's cool as a cucumber and pie in the sky. Super cute. I'm literally obsessed. Okay, where can I find them year-round? Because these are definitely going to be more than just a seasonal product. Totally agree. So if you want to go and pick up any of these for yourself at any point in the year, check out PuzzlePuzzle.com. That's P-E-Z-E-L Puzzle.com. And use our promo code, guys. We have a promo code. C-O-C-O-A-N-U-T-G-R-O-V-E-20. All right. 20% off your first order. Dang, that's a great deal. I never really know what to do on a solo episode. Thank you so much, Ashley. Between the the breaks. So... (laughs) Uh, this is going to be a shorty little guy. We're just going to talk about something very personal to me right now. So as I said, this is about texting and messaging burnout. The episode goals for this little short solo are to take a deep dive into the reality of replying to text messages and, you know, maybe just give ourselves, myself included, some advice about how to stay sane. Be honest, are you a good texter or are you a bad texter? Yeah, I know. There's no middle ground. You're either a good texter or a bad texter, and I'm going to say guilty as charged. I am a bad texter. So it recently became, well, was brought to my attention by my mother that I am a terrible texter, and it is very difficult to figure out at any one time what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, what the plan is, etc, etc, etc. And you know what? It breaks my heart when my mom says that because it's actually really easy to get back to my mom. So I knew for a long time that I was not a great texter, but I think recently when she told me that, I realized I was on camp bad text territory, which is really disappointing. I never really wanted to be someone who was unreliable. I never wanted to be someone who, you know, friends got anxiety from not hearing back from me. I didn't want to be someone who missed events because they didn't respond. Um, But just slowly over time, I found myself there. So why is that? Uh, If you're a good texter, I think this episode is so that you can have empathy for us bad texters and work with us. For the bad texters out there, this one is because I see you. And this one is because we need to change. Um, But also we need to ask for our boundaries to be respected. So like I said, this all sprung from a recent conversation with my mom where she was like, yeah, I want to hear what you're doing. I want to get a message back. Tell me what's going on. She wasn't the first to say this, but she was the one to make it very clear to me. So I've just always, you know, I've always been a delayed texter. I'd get back to people in maybe a half a day, a day, a couple of days. If there was some kind of plan or some kind of big question that someone was asking, it could take a week. That sounds horrible saying it out loud, but it's true. I think there there's just been this shift of in my lifetime, you know, growing up as, as like a preteen 
a teenager and getting a phone call from my friends, which I am really aging myself, but that is definitely what we used to do. We'd call each other. We'd get like, you know, we'd have like a five minute conversation and we'd know what was going on. And that was so easy. Um, you know, sometimes you would talk with your friends on the phone for a really long time, but now it's just like, it's just like a message, which I actually really like. I like, you can just message people. You can have like a conversation going, you can have questions outstanding. Like you don't need to call everyone and just constantly be talking to people on the phone to figure out the next like five days of your life. Fine. But what's happened in recent time in my, my recent life history I feel like I just have a thousand messages going on and I can't keep track of anything at all anymore. It's like, because texting is so convenient, it's become inconvenient. Like I would never call that many people and have that many small conversations outstanding. It's just, it's an enormous amount of communication at this point. So I think that honestly, the number one reason that causes me to be a bad texter, self-diagnosis here, is it's purely an overwhelming amount of messages. I feel overstimulated. I feel like I'm always on. I feel like I'm being pulled in a million directions because Lord knows none of those conversations are about the same thing. And how many group text messages are we in, people? Okay, if you're in one, you're lucky. If you're in 10, like me, yeah, you think you're the norm. It's very hard to keep track of all these things. I feel you. It's just difficult. And honestly, sometimes I just feel like I'm everyone's mom. I'm not a mom. I can't speak for the moms out there. Maybe this is way easier than being a mom. I'm sure it is. But the idea that there's sort of a loss of joy in texting people. It feels like there's just so many questions being asked of me, so many plans being scheduled so far in advance because the communication is easier that I'm just like answering my children's questions. I am just booking all my children into my my calendar. I am just writing out my daily schedule based on everyone else around me. And in some ways that feels like I'm kind of everyone's mom. I can't really turn off if I, you know, don't respond to someone. Like I've literally missed plans because I didn't read my message on time and people have gone out and done something without me completely. And that feels so shitty. But it's so hard to always respond. The next thing I think that causes this is just literally technology overstimulation. So not just like I'm overstimulated from constantly making plans, responding to people's questions, chatting with people, holding on to these long conversations that go over two and three week periods, checking all the platforms like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and just literally Messenger and WhatsApp, but also like just the fact that I don't want to be on my phone anymore. Like my eyes hurt and I worked all day on a computer. I know that a lot of us can relate to that. I know that we have serious Zoom burnout. We are coming out of like the weirdest time that we'll probably ever have in our lives and we get it. And that's where I'm at. It's just, I don't want to be on my phone all the time. It's too much. And it sucks because I still want to connect with people. So that's really hard because again, 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 I'm missing out because I can't 
force myself to keep up with all these messages. The next thing I think is also a pretty big thing that makes me a bad texter is, you know, being put on the spot is uncomfortable. So when someone says, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? You kind of have till tomorrow to respond and make those plans or not make those plans. But that's not how it used to be. Like I told you, it used to be that your friend would call and you either have to be like, yeah, I'm okay or no, (laughs) I'm sick. And you can't really get away with that. Like, you know, you can't just get away with like not answering someone who called you and is talking to your face. So I think that this like mental muscle of thinking quickly, being put on the spot and just being decisive has lapsed. I think it's lapsed for so many people, but for me specifically, it's just not doing its job like it used to. I am, I am just indecision paralysis all week long because there's so many things going on, more friends than I would be used to reaching out, reach out and want to book stuff so far in advance more than I'm used to. And I mean, I'm making this sound like this just happened. This has been going on for the last 10 years of my life. Um, but I think that over those 10 years, that muscle of thinking quick has got lazy. And so you can kind of just decide later or let it wither away if you're not really interested in hanging out for that event. And I think that that's just a sign of a bigger illness. You know, we aren't connecting with people and having quality communication. We're not building you know, deep relationships as much. And um, I mean, you could see it the other way too, that we're now engaging with a wider scope of people. We're probably creating more unique friendships that are, you know, more honest and true because we can reach a broader audience of people. We're probably trying new things because we're joining friend groups that we wouldn't ordinarily be part of. We're more busy, more stimulated, and probably having a better time but we're probably also stressed and that's sort of the other side. So along the lines of stress, I think that for all of us, all of us, it's just anxiety. You know, when we feel push comes to shove, sometimes we just shut down. Some people, they kind of have that flight um, or fight response. Uh, And for me, it's a freeze. So if I'm overwhelmed, I'm overstimulated, I am stressed, I am anxious about my text messages, my social media, it's just a freeze. I'm just going to go completely offline and, and tune it all out. And I do that a lot. And that has probably been the thing that has caught me the most in trouble is just turning it off. Um, if I could have an answering machine for my phone, I would. I've actually seen her TikTok recently where this girl was like, oh, you can't send an answering machine for your text messages. You just have to use the like, hi, I'm driving automated response and just change it. Um, yeah, I should do that. The only problem is, is it would be on all the time and then it would be like you're emailing me. So I'm sure that would make people very angry. Okay, so that's my bitching. (laughs) I don't know if you can relate. I don't know if I've lost some uh, good texters in the process or if I've made 
some good texters understand what us bad texters are really struggling with. Um, you know, I bet good texters struggle with this too, but maybe they just have a secret skill that I don't know about. Let us know. Let us bad texters know what it is. Okay, so... Um, I was reading this article, I think it's from The Guardian, and this, th these quotes, I, would, I just have a couple, they just really resonated with me, and I think it's a good lead into the what I think we could maybe do about this. Um, so this one person says, all of these people are asking me for so many things, and I think that they know me on this level where they can get access to me. That was a weird intonation. Let me read that again. Okay. And they think they know me on this level where they can get access to me. Um, the constant communication is making her feel guilty. And she says, I would like to help as many people as I can and be a good friend or acquaintance, but I don't have the bandwidth to deal with y'all. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that... Um, a lot of bad texters might be people pleasers. I think that a lot of us have poor or less well-structured boundaries around um, like digital communications. We want to say yes to everyone. We want to go to all these events that we're getting invited to. It's just really hard to draw that line in the sand when there's so much access and opportunity. And like I said, more people than ever are messaging us bad texters and we don't know what to do about it. So um, I think it really, what it comes down to is boundaries specific to communication and time or, or privacy, I guess you could say. We are just people that want to say yes. So how do we start to say no? Um, I don't know if there is an amazing way to say no. I've been trying to find that golden answer for a long time. And now specifically recently, I'm like desperate for that answer. But I'll tell you a few things that have helped me so far. So one thing that I do, and this is kind of like with your email at work or anything at work that you do, and you probably have more experience at work because you're trying to be professional and, and, and keep things on time. But for me, let's say our work email, I would respond to work emails only in the morning and only in the afternoon. I'm only going to check something in the middle of the day if I'm expecting someone to send me a reply back. So it's like the concept of taking a chunk of time and answering all the messages. You can do the same thing with your text messages. You can sit down and say, I have 15 minutes to get back to everyone's questions and I'm not going to look again for yeah two more hours. If someone messages me in that time, then they're going to have to wait two hours. And personally, I think that's really reasonable. I think some people would disagree. I think some people see a message and they want to respond immediately and go for it. If that's how you operate and you can operate successfully like that, go for it. But just know that there might be a bad texter on the other side who's really stressed by getting constant communication and they're not going to respond to you right away because they have to use one of these boundary setting techniques. 
So maybe there's a chunk of time during the day or several chunks of time where you're open to responding and you're open to connecting with people, but outside of that, you're just not going to. So that's my first tip. That's the one thing I've started to implement is pick times where you're online. The second thing that I implemented maybe like four to six months ago just to help my sanity when it came to being overstimulated on technology in general was to set my notification status or what do you call it like my phone if it's uh, in focus mode or it's in do not disturb or whatever so now I have schedules on my phone so my phone has a bedtime and it goes onto quiet mode and it tells people that I'm on do not disturb from like 9 30 at night till seven in the morning. I'm considering moving that even earlier, like to say 7 PM at night so that I can be, you know, awake, but resting my mind and resting my social energy and just recharging. Um, that one might be really helpful for some of those introverts or those people who need alone time to recharge is just to basically send that message the do not disturb or quiet notifications and let people know that you're still around, but you're not, you're not going to be there, there for them. Um, you're taking some mental space and that's okay. Um, that's okay. There's many avenues for other people, your, your people to reach you, reach others, and you will get back to them. And I think that's respectful too of their time to let them know. The third one is very similar to, you know, what I just said, being respectful of people's time. Um, I tried this one. I'm not sure how I like it because it's a little confusing and disorienting for me. Uh, the, the idea is that If you see a text message, you respond immediately, but if it takes more than a yes or no answer, you respond with, I see your message, I'll return it later, I'm in the middle of something. I'm not sure how I feel about this. I think a lot of people who are very timely and have really tight schedules in the day and respond really well to structure might really love this. They might really appreciate getting a message back like that. Um, for me, if I get a message like that, I'm just confused uh, because that doesn't help me in any way as the person who's waiting for the response. I know you're busy. I expect you to be busy. It's a text message. It's not a phone call. Um, there's a certain expectation that you're not going to be available to talk to me right now, and I don't want you to be. So for me, it's a little odd. If I have something urgent enough that I want you to respond to me immediately, I'm not going to text you. I'm going to call you or I'm going to show up at your house. Um, But again, maybe that's just like my age. Like maybe I'm just of a different generation. Can we bring that back? (laughs) So, um, but in my tiny experiment, I did do that. I, for like a week, whenever there was a problem or someone texted me where I really just didn't have the bandwidth to respond, I was in the middle of something truly, or I did not want to talk. I said that, hi, I got your message and I will get back to you. I'm in the middle of something or whatever to that extent. And people seem to be really pleased with that. But for me, it was hard because I would forget who I told I would get back to. Um, So I totally lost like my train of thought. I missed 
more events in that week and I was just totally out to lunch. So that did not work for me. Um, again, I feel like I need an answering machine. So it still says it's unread, but it's told the person that texted me that I'm just mentally not available. Um, so let me know. Let me know if that's worked for you because oof, it does not really work for me. Okay. And then I feel like the last, the last one that you can do is just be like really honest with yourself. Just try to, try to tell people face to face. I'm not a great texter. I don't love it. I don't want to be rude, but if you have something important, I would appreciate a call. This is also part of setting boundaries, setting expectations, and telling people how you operate. You do not need to push your boundaries and your expectations on the rest of the world, but you can politely let people know that you could use a bit of help too. You know what I mean? If there's going to be an event and you know, it's outside kind of your typical response rate of six hours or something to that effect, you'd appreciate a call. If there's something, it's not an emergency, but it's exciting or it, it deserves it deserves a conversation, don't text me, just give me a call or a FaceTime or like, let's schedule a little like hangout or something like, just tell people. If you're on text overload or burnout, perhaps you even just need a break from that. Maybe you don't need to shift your whole mindset or tell people you can't do it or, you know, wear the badge of shame that you're a bad texter. Maybe you just need a break, like me, for a month or something. But be more honest with yourself. If you're struggling with your messages, just... I think recognizing what you're going through will be helpful because you're not a bad person. You're not a bad friend. You're not disengaged. You don't want people to do fun things without you. You're just simply burnt out. It's a form of burnout and you won't be a bad texter forever, but you will be a bad texter if you keep neglecting to respond to messages. So you need to figure out kind of what your trigger is. Like I said at the beginning, what's your trigger? What's going on for you? What's your story? And then which one of those things might work to help you get over it? I'm not a therapist. If it's really bad, maybe you should get a therapist. Um, yeah. So that's my little commentary on social media and texting burnout. I'm sure that some of you can relate to that. If not, I'm sure that the friends that are listening are thinking, huh, okay, that makes sense. And to you, I say, I'm sorry for the years of struggling to communicate with me. I'm trying to be better. Um, if you're like, okay, cool, yeah, no, I was always good at this. I hope this has given you a moment to think and to, again, have some empathy for us who are struggling if you have a friend who's a bad texter, maybe you can use some of those techniques to help them get a little better. Um, yeah, I would love to have a conversation about this with anyone online. Uh, so when this post goes up, drop me a comment about how you feel about this, where you fall on the, the scale, if you're somewhere in the middle, on one side fully or the other side completely, if you're a good texter or a bad texter. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll put a poll up in the, uh, in the stories about this. But anyways, guys, it's been nice. It's been good to chat with you quickly for this little shorty solo episode. I hope you enjoy. Again, you can follow us online. You can follow us on Instagram at 
Coconut Grove podcast. You can follow me at Ashley Hansen on Instagram. Um, you can follow Katie at Katie Dessen. And we're also on TikTok, although a little bit of a slow start on TikTok. We're sort of still on Instagram right now, but we'll see you guys there. Um, yeah. And don't forget just a little, uh, important message we are running a giveaway it's it's super easy all you have to do is give us a review if you give us a review we enter you into our draw to get one of our really cool puzzle puzzles there's one right there um so puzzle puzzles are female owned san francisco company it's a really high quality jigsaw puzzle they have 500 piece and 1000 piece puzzles they have really aesthetic pictures they're very cute and we just want to support puzzle puzzles and we just want to thank you guys for all of the support you give us from listening if you can just give us a review then we know who you are and we will drop you in so again thanks so much for everything you do we love you guys have a good night cocos i'm out bye